Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey there, everybody. It is Casual Friday here on the Conservative Connection. Thanks for joining us. And we've got um, just just some casual talk, just taking it easy, taking it a little chill today. I know the news cycle can get everybody out, but we're going to try this for the first time. And I'm going to be talking about movies here on the Conservative Connection. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. All right, so we're going to be taking a chill, you know, because I, I know people are, are, again, this political cycle is very important, but. At the same time, I think that I should be commenting on a few other things like media and what's going on. So this this summer has actually been one of my favorite summers for movies. And that is because some of my favorite actors of all time have gotten into movies that have performed well. Jim Caviezel in Sound of Freedom. We had uh, Nefarious, which was done by a you know Christian media company that hasn't really gained too much traction, but they had their first major theater release. You had Oppenheimer starring one of my favorite actors, Killian Murphy, and you also had the Barbie movie, which, you know, cut a lot of flack and a lot of hate, but it starred um, some of my favorite actors, including Margot Robbie and also Ryan Gosling. So let's go in the order of uh, movies. I liked the least to the order of movies that I liked the most. So we're going to start off here with Nefarious. Why did I like this movie the least? Mostly had to do with the ending. Now, there's a, there's a, for without spoilers, right? If we're going to go into Nefarious without spoilers, which, you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, now, at least now, I, I don't know what you're doing, but ne- Nefarious was a very smart concept, a very good movie, especially for a Christian media to take up because, you know, what people often forget is that the, the, de- the demonic realm and the satanic realm and demons and and all these other spiritual beings they are very ensconced in the the religious sense they are very much a part of christianity you look at the book of job you look at the temptations in the desert you look at all these different stories surrounding demons demonic activity you have jesus casting out legion in the bible and Christians oftentimes don't they don't want to cover this sort of material. They don't want to glorify it. But this movie was very well done up until the ending. Uh, I'm sorry to say that the ending did ruin the movie a lot for me. But in my opinion, if you want to watch this movie and you want it to be a perfect movie, all you have to do is the second, and this is not a spoiler, the second a time card comes up that says so many years later, I want you to pause the screen. And I want you to just shut the movie off because the movie's over. They had the perfect ending and then they screwed it up. They screwed it up colossally. Now, one of the things that I, I liked that they did in this movie was you have, uh, it, it's not an all Christian cast. You, well, 
I don't know what the cast's personal belief is, but as far as the story is concerned, you have an atheist, and then he's interviewing a man under 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 demon possession. And what he has to do is he has to figure out if this man is sane and sound enough that he actually committed these crimes on his own, or if he's too mentally ill that he cannot receive the death penalty. And I have to say the acting in this movie from the man who is supposed to be demon-possessed or we're not sure. It's kind of a mystery. It's left up in the air in the beginning. If you hadn't seen the trailers, don't don't watch them because it spoils it. Because you're trying to figure out, is this is this guy actually demon-possessed? And that's kind of a mystery in the beginning. And later they, they reveal exactly what this guy's going through. And this is a bit of a small spoiler. So again, you can kind of skip ahead to the next movie if you if you don't like anything being spoiled at all. But what they do with this guy is this actor, and he's one of the guys from the Boondock Saints, he has to portray two different personalities. He has to portray himself when he is an ordinary regular man who's on death row. And he has to portray himself when he's a demon and or allegedly a demon. And when he is the demon it is it is a very big tonal shift and it's just so fascinating to watch it is almost like a masterclass in acting and the script dives very much into the side of the screw tape letters style of telling a story in which the the demon is intelligent he's articulate he he likes punishing people he likes making people suffer. And that's why this guy is getting the electric chair is because, you know, spoilers, the demon wants to inflict as much pain on him as possible. And one of the fascinating things in the script is that when the demon starts talking about how he first started interacting with this man, he started interacting with him when it it sounds like for a long time. And one of the stories the demon tells is that there's some sort of a Ouija board that the demons influence. And it makes me wonder, like, did this guy as a young kid just run into a Ouija board and get in, get demonically possessed and then his whole life was ruined? And it takes kind of the evil dead idea that, like, a demon loves inflicting pain on the subjects that they possess, and which, which is something that, you know, is very much in the Bible, you know, and if you, if you talk to missionaries that I know who've been to Haiti, you know, they will absolutely tell you that is that is true. And I just love the way the script unfolds. I love the way things are written. It is a very dialogue-heavy movie, but uh, people who know me know that I will excuse that if the dialogue is good. And this movie delivers up until the ending. And here's where I'm going to get into spoilers because people are like, people will probably say, why, why are you telling us to skip the ending of the movie if you're saying it's this good? Because I would say it's a great movie if you end it at a certain point. But what doesn't make the movie work for me is the fact that at the very end of the film, and this is a spoiler, so skip to the next one if you don't like this. If you, if you want to go in completely blind, do not listen to the next two minutes of this podcast it ends and in the end he's being interviewed and he's being interviewed by glenn beck and i have nothing against glenn beck i've told people this before i love glenn beck he i love what he's doing i love that he's in the fight he's a very generous man he's a very humble man and he he was very sweet to everybody when we met him but 
it, it just doesn't fit the plot. It just doesn't fit the plot of this story because I'm Glenn Beck is playing himself. It would be like if you watched, you know, The Exorcist, and then you know, in the very end, Joe Rogan comes on and he's interviewing the priest and he's playing himself. And you'd be like, is this based off a true story? Oh no, this isn't based off a true story. And then, you know, basically it's an ad for a book that has nothing to do with the story of the movie. So I feel like there was this really big, this this great film that had a beginning and a middle and a solid end. And what ends up happening is it, it, it turns out to be a book ad. And I hate that. I, I just like, I can't stand the fact, I, I, I felt like it cheapened the movie. I felt like it took me out of the movie. I did research if it was based off a true story. It wasn't. And I just didn't like that. And because of that ending, that is why it's on my list of least favorites. Now we're going to go to the next one, which was, uh, so we've got Oppenheimer, Sound of Freedom, and Barbie. Next one up there for me is Oppenheimer. Now, Oppenheimer is a movie that is, that is, it's it's good when it comes to the dialogue and what Christopher Nolan is able to do is he's able to take these abstract theories and put visuals to them. And when he's doing that, the movie really works. But if you really want to see a great movie with Killian Murphy, I'm telling you, go watch Anthropoid. It's a better movie. It's a better historical drama. It has more action. It has more interesting thing hap- things happening. And for those of you who don't remember, we did do an episode on Anthropoid in which we actually gave the movie away for free. Unfortunately... You know, we can't give movies away for free anymore because the platform changed. The platform changed. It didn't allow people to do that. Maybe it heard that podcast hosts were doing that. For those of you who did watch it, I know you wrote back in. You told me it was great. It was amazing. Very underrated film. I would highly recommend you see Anthropoid over Oppenheimer. I think it is a better movie. I think it better showcases Killian Murphy's acting ability. However, this movie is a good movie. And it's interesting because in the way Ford versus Ferrari was all about building a car and that performed better, that could be a threat on the road. This movie is kind of like that, but for an atomic bomb. And, uh, you know, I, it changed my views on a certain U.S. president when I figured out um, what he said to uh, Oppenheimer after he was basically talking to him about how he felt guilty about what happened. But it explores the moral quandrums of things, but a huge section of the movie is trying to figure out if this guy's a communist, which, you know, it, it kind of looks like he's a communist. If your brother's a communist and, you know, your girlfriend is a communist and, you know, your 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 new wife that was originally a communist and all your friends are communists and you're going to communist meetings and you're meeting up with other communists and communists are watching your kids. You know, if it, if it walks like a communist and looks like a communist and talks like a communist, it's probably a communist. You know, so I don't know if Oppenheimer was actually a communist, but it, it, I very much understand why the U.S. Army was like, OK, we got to figure out whether or not um, this guy's a communist because he could potentially give our secrets away to other communist countries who want to hurt the U.S., you know, which very, very legitimate threats at the time to to the U.S. I think we had the I – I can't remember when the Cuban Missile Crisis was. I'm trying to go off the top of my head. I know it happened under, under JFK. Um, but, yeah, just I understand why the U.S. military was that bad. It's a long movie. It's like a three-hour movie. Um, so – a lot of people went to go see on the Barbenheimer challenge. They went to go see Barbie instead. And I understand why, because it's just such a long movie and it's very dialogue driven, but it is good. And ironically with all these communists surrounding, it, it doesn't really 
portray Oppenheimer as a communist. He kind of fights back against the communist ideology. He doesn't view property as theft. He basically pushes back on one of the girls at a communist meeting, which, you know, makes her attracted naturally. I mean, this happens to conservative guys a lot. You know, they don't like when guys are just simps and they agree with whatever a girl says. Sometimes a girl wants to be challenged and she wants to be, you know, she wants somebody to actually give her an intellectually stimulating conversation instead of just agreeing and saying, you know, yes, Jenny, you know, they, they actually want somebody who's actually going to push back on them a little bit or challenge them a little bit. And that happens in this movie. And the be- when the movie is the best is when it, it's exploring the moral quandrums of creating an atomic bomb and what that did to the world. And when it's showing visually the, the beauty of these different scientific theories or splitting the atom or talking about that, that's when the movie's the best. I think when, when the movie is, is the worst is when we go back to whether or not this guy's a communist, which is, you know, the main, the main kind of setting of why he's being interviewed. Killian Murphy, knocks it out of the park, does an amazing job as Oppenheimer, brings this kind of silent resilience. And Oppenheimer has kind of like this, these demons that you can kind of see festering around in his head of whether or not he's doing the right thing all the time. And it's a very good performance by Killian Murphy. But again, like I said, if you really want a, a movie that's a lot better, in my opinion, watch Anthropoid because he's playing a guy who is the lead head of a group of allied forces, uh, assassins that are trying to kill the Nazis. And they're fighting against the Nazi power and they're trying to take out one of the highest ranking Nazis in the world. And he has to figure out how to lead this group to assassinate this guy. And I think that's just a lot better of a, a movie. I think it's a better movie. I think the acting is is probably significantly better. Not because Killian Murphy always does an amazing job. And one of the things that I love about this is that now he's probably going to get a lot more work than he previously did. But, you know, Killian Murphy, some of his top performances are The Quiet Place 2, Anthropoid, Peaky Blinders. I'd say this is up there. It's good, but I, I think Anthropoid is better. And th- that's just how I feel. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, some people are going to be like, oh, it's too dialogue heavy. It's too this. It's it's beautifully shot. It's a Christopher Nolan film. Christopher Nolan films are always beautifully shot. Matt Damon does a good job. Um, Emily Blunt does a really good job. Florence Pugh uh, kind of missed the mark for me. Uh, I, I just don't think her character was really well written. She has a big impact on the plot. Uh, again, there's some unnecessary sex scenes in here, which you know, I, I didn't feel like they were completely necessary. Other people would argue otherwise, but um, again, if, you, if you're going to watch a historical f- drama with your family, I'd say Anthropoid. There's no swears in all of Anthropoid. It's violent, but it's not. Um, there's no sex scenes. There's no swears. I just think it's a better movie. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to break down Sound of Freedom and the Barbie movie. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do not understand why this movie got as much hate as it did. I, I really don't. Uh, I think this movie is a lot smarter than most of the people critiquing it. 
So most of the critiques I saw of this movie were stupid. They were probably written by people who didn't watch the movie. Like, uh, Barbie should be this uh, 21-year-old uh, woman. She shouldn't be Margot Robbie. Guys, th the movie made a ton of money because the actress was Margot Robbie. Okay? And people know how much I like Margot Robbie. Okay? Like, I I've liked her ever since she was explaining, you know, complicated economics in a bathtub in the big short. I've always, I've always had a crush on her since she did that. I, I also like the way she says... It sounds like she's saying an R at the end of her nose because she's Australian. When she says no, it's like, no, I don't know. There's like an R at the end of it and it's cute. And yeah, I just, I just like her as an actress. I think she's probably the best actress we have right now in Hollywood. I'm, I'm not even over-exaggerating. I, I honestly think she's that talented. Um, she knocks it out of the park as Harley Quinn, but here she gets a really feminine, very sweet role and it gets to discuss the gender roles. Now, maybe you guys have listened to people like Ben Shapiro and other people that I really like, like even Liz Wheeler, but I, I don't think Liz Wheeler saw the movie. But if you, if you listen to a few other people on the conservative side, like Brett Cooper, or you listen to Michael Knowles, or maybe you've even heard uh, the libertarian uh, who's the candidate for Guatemala president, Gloria Alvarez, they all like this movie, as well as Alex Clark. And I'm one of the people who like this movie, too. It is funny. It is clever. It is sweet. Um, it explores the idea that you're more than just your romantic interests. And this is another thing that I didn't get, because I didn't get why the, the Manosphere was attacking this movie so bad. Because the Manosphere, kind of, the the, the people who are, quote-unquote, red pill, who follow... Um, People like Rolo Tomasi, you know, also known as George. Um, <laughs> the people who follow that, they say a lot of the similar things that the movie gets across. And oftentimes I see these movies like, um, I, I see movies with Carrie Washington in them where like, oh, she's got this heartfelt spiel about, you know, this mushy-gushy, terrible emotional dialogue that I just can't stand. And what the Barbie movie does, it actually flips that on its head. There's none of that. And it's actually an anti-simp movie. So what the what the Barbie movie basically shows is that it, it's got this character named Ken, who's played by Ryan Gosling, who does a phenomenal job, by the way. Um, and he's, he's hilarious in this movie. I, th there's an iconic moment where he puts sunglasses over his sunglasses and says, every night is for the boys and walks away. And it makes me laugh every time. But his character is, he only has a good day if Margot Robbie's Barbie character looks his way. He, he exists for the sole purpose of getting the girl. And you know, what, what people will tell you is that that's not much of an existence. You, you have to exist and have your own interests and your own personality and everything else outside of that. And when you overly simp for women and when you're just constantly at their beck and call and you, you don't really have any individuality of your own, uh, they hate it. They hate it. And it shows that you can look like Ryan Gosling, but if you have, if your entire character is is a simp who does everything for the sole purpose of pleasing one girl, uh, it's not attractive. It's not good. It's not an ideal for young men. And I think they really missed the point of that that they were trying to get across there. Another thing that I like is they they take social dynamics. They show how men can be cruel and mean to women. They show how women can be mean to men. Although I think the women are meaner in this movie. 
And uh, Margot Robbie kind of goes on this journey of self-discovery and trying to figure out who she is and discovering the beauty of pain and aging and feeling. And and it's it's kind of like one of the movies from the early 2000s of, of comedies where you had you had movies like, oh, what was that one movie with Lindsay Lohan? Mean Girls. And it's kind of in the the kind of perspective of that. But they, they've got mo- moments in this movie where they, they feel like right out of a Daily Wire sketch. Like one of my favorite moments in the movie is when uh, this girl starts listing off these these liberal talking points and then basically calls Barbie a fascist. And Barbie runs away crying. And she's like, I'm not a fascist. She's like, I don't control the the economic means of production, you know, because she knows what fascism is. And it, it's just, it's funny. It's clever. It's sweet. It's well shot. It's well acted. I had a blast with it. I mean, I don't know how you can see, you know, Ryan Gosling getting red pilled by a little dark age edit or doing a, a Grease style musical with all these different other, you know, simp characters and not have a giant smile on your face. It's it's not anti men. And one of the criticisms that I didn't get about the movie is people were like, "Well, every every character is a simp, a loser, um, or an idiot." I'm like, "Oh, so like every comedy." <laughs> Every like like I don't watch Hot Rod and expect Albert Einstein to come out with a lecture. Like the, the comedies are usually that way, so that didn't hold any water for me. But also, there, there's some sweet mother daughter relationships in the movie. There's there's a character uh, played by Rhea Perlman, and she's basically kind of like a, a godlike character, kind of like Morgan Freeman and Bruce Almighty. She portrays like this sweetness, and she you know teaches lessons, and then you also have a, a mother and daughter paired up. And uh, even the most feminist um, rant in the entire movie, it ends with the idea, oh, it's okay to just want to be a mom, which is not a feminist ideal. So if if we're being put into conservative camps of like the Ben Shapiros or like I'm in the Alex Clark, Gloria Alvarez, Brett Cooper uh, camp, Michael Knowles, like I think got it right where the movie is is very smart. Sometimes it's a little bit too smart for its audience, in my opinion. It's funny. It's clever. It's worth watching. But, um, you know, I, I read this thing where all these women were, like, breaking up with their boyfriends over it if they didn't like the movie, which, again, if, if you're shouting and yelling at your girlfriend because she watched the Barbie movie, um, I think you deserve to be broken up with. To me, that's like a girl shouting and yelling at a guy who likes Star Wars. You know, it, it's just stupid to me. But uh, no, I, I really like the movie. I'll probably buy it. I'll probably buy it on Blu-ray. I really uh, pr- I thought it was funny. I thought it was sweet. And um, Margot Robbie is just a great actress. I'm glad that she's making a ton of money because she's been criticized for all these people for nonstop for the past five years. And I, I just don't understand it. She's a great actress. I really like her. Now, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom is a heavy movie. Uh, and Jim Caviezel makes a ton of money finally in in a project that was originally aired and then they got rid of it. But I loved Sound of Freedom because it, it kind of shows the brutality of the trafficking industry. And it shows it from a lens where you're not, because nobody wants to be shown too much when it covers the subject. It, it handles it tastefully. It gives you enough of a taste in your mouth that you're disgusted by it and you understand how prevalent it is. But it doesn't it doesn't show you anything that you wish you hadn't seen. It doesn't go over the top. And that's a tight wire balancing act for this movie. Jim Caviezel knocks it out of the park again. Uh, all these actors knocked it out of the park. But he's got this, si- this sadness and this solemn pain behind his eyes. 
and you can just see it and it translates really well to the movie. I would encourage everybody to go see it. And I really liked it. Like, I don't want to give too much away, but I love the the true story of like Tim Ballard and how much he gave up to, to save these kids. Uh, it deviates a little bit from the original story, just a little bit, but it's a very good thriller. Um, again, very dialogue heavy. There's some small moments of action, but it's um, it's something as a, if you're a parent or if you have a younger sibling like me, like it, it's worth watching because uh, <laughs> these these rings are all over the place. And, you know, we've seen from places like Epstein's Island and everything else that in the Super Bowl, if you know anything about that, that there's big funders from this industry all over the place. And you just really have to uh, watch your kids and, and be careful. Don't let your kids go to the bathroom alone, like walk in with them. I don't care what anybody else says at a family function, even always have your eye on them. You don't, don't let a kid out of your sight. It's a different world guys. It's a much different world than the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands. We don't live in the same world. And I think the opening of this movie really portrays that well. And it just breaks your heart. It's a little bit of a tearjerker movie. You know, it's hard to watch, but I would encourage that other people do watch it because not only is it for a good cause, but you know, the actors knocked it out of the park. And I, I just, I love Jim Caviezel. I would encourage you guys though, after all, if you've seen all these movies or if you haven't, I would encourage you to watch all of them. I think they're all good, except I think Anthropoid is better than Oppenheimer. That's just my opinion, but I think they're all good. I think they're all worth my recommendation. I liked all of them. And, uh, I, I think with the, the Barbie movie, people just went really overboard. They were just looking to be offended. And there, there's some feminist joke. I think the most feminist thing in that entire thing, other than like maybe the, it's hard to be a woman rant, which was not that bad, but there was, there was a joke where about the, the patriarchy or something where this guy says, oh, we're just better about hiding it. And ironically, it ruins another joke that they've set up. But it, it is not a film where you have to worry about somebody beating you over the head with a liberal feminist play, playbook. It's not that at all. And uh, it's funny. It's clever. I would recommend it. And uh, one of the other movies that I'm excited for coming out in the future is, is they're making a reboot of The Crow. And they've got Bill Skarsgård, who was actually Pennywise from It!, I'm very excited about that because I love Brandon Lee's The Crow. Um, there is one scene in there that's kind of hard for me to watch, but it, like I kind of just fast forward through it. But Brandon Lee's The Crow was uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Crow recommends The Crow. Where, you know, very funny. But it it really is. It was a great superhero film, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. I honestly don't know what they're going to do. But Bill Skarsgård got in shape, and he's uh, he's been hitting the gym. I can tell like he's got a lean mean physique. And uh, speaking of the gym, I do have to say one other thing is I now am an affiliate of a workout company. So I lost a lot of strength when I got my concussion. And I I have been doing a workout program and I'm going to, I'm going to lead an affiliate link to this, but there's just some workout supplements. Again, if it, if like 80 to hundred bucks is, is too much for you for, you know, a, a month's worth of two different supplements, that's, that's completely understandable. I want you guys to be strong and everything else, but I've been talking about testosterone and just testosterone rates dropping in the U S like crazy. And I've been on these supplements for uh, I think a year and a half, two years now. And I, I noticed they really helped me in the gym. They really helped me to get enough sleep. And I I now help uh, promote them because I'm on the supplements myself. And for every per time I promote a link and somebody clicks on it and uses it, I get $10, you know, full disclosure. But 
guys, I've, I've really noticed a, a really big increase in my general health um, when it comes to everything. And this company is doing something that not a lot of other companies do, which is they are actually testing free testosterone rates. And I would encourage you to do this before you get these supplements to test your free testosterone and just watch, like take these supplements for a couple months and just test it again. And people are providing their scores and it's insane, you know, testosterone going up 300, 400, 500 points. Um, so in some cases doubling, I wouldn't expect that from every case, but basically what these two supplements are is they have Tonkatali and Forscholi extract, which helps you lose weight and gain testosterone. Nitric oxide is something that's great for not just your muscles, but it's great for your brain. Um, these things have things like niacin, arugula extract, garlic extract, and you can take it without having to worry about having that garlic smell, pine bark extract, vitamin C, grapeseed extract, because you need some antioxidants just with the nitric oxide amount. Nitric oxide is, is great for a pump in the gym, but you know, people who have low levels of nitric oxide, you know, they often have heart disease, diabetes, erectile dysfunction, and it's really an important thing, but you got to put some antioxidants with it too, because if you don't have the antioxidants with the nitric oxide booster, these free radicals are going to break down the nitric oxide in your body. That also happens too. Like this is great for your skin. It's great for your, your heart. It's great for your brain. Um, and I just see too many people are outside the gym. We have such a bad obesity uh, epidemic in this country. It really makes me upset. And uh, when I was on these supplements after um, my after my concussion, like I did not lose that much strength. Like they helped me maintain my muscle when I was out of the gym for two to three months, which is kind of impressive. But I would say just just try them out. Just try out these supplements. See if they work for you. They've really worked for me. Um, there's things like boron, there's magnesium to help you sleep. Uh, they, they just help me and I just like them. And I'm, I'm a big gym rat. You guys know that. And I just, I, I wish everybody could feel as amazing as I do after a workout. I really do. If, if you don't feel that feeling, you're getting cheated. Um, please take care of your health. If there was ever a time to do that, it's now. Anyway, uh, that link will be provided in the description and the show notes, but Thank you guys for tuning in on this casual Friday. Uh, I hope you guys all are healthy and you take care of yourselves. Anyway, stay tuned for the next episode. And as always, stay connected. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.